It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good morning and welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber with Jim Cramer. Carl has the morning off. Let's give you a look at futures as we get started with trading a half hour from now. You can see it. And of course, as you just heard from the uh, Squawk on uh, the gang on Squawk, uh, we're looking up. We're looking up um, a lot, potentially at least. Not for the Nasdaq, though. Uh, but uh, all of, or a lot of this a result of, uh, Jim, a response to uh, a Russian vaccine. Yeah. Uh, which I yeah. guess is, I don't know. I don't know. You're going to take a Russian vaccine? No, the, the, that's about, I mean, now we're really talking about a tremendous leap of faith. Uh, a Russian vaccine, uh, which they, I think they dub it Chernobyl 2, I'm going to pass. Is that a hard pass? It's a hard pass. Yeah, hard yeah. pass Chernobyl. My favorite is that it's been approved even though it hasn't actually finished trials. Ah. Easy come, easy go, right? I mean, remember yeah. we? I remember Bristol Myers had to cancel. Remember the what? My dentrix. They spent a fortune on, and a couple of people died in a trial, and they had to write the whole thing off. Yeah. I don't think that's the Russian way. Nor do I think that when 28 million people die in World War II, did everybody necessarily come with a gun to a uh, a machine gun fight? The Russians are. They have tremendous strength and very little fear, and it's demonstrated in these. Terrific trials they're doing. Well, listen, we can hope that there is great science there and that there is something that is significant. Right. They used to have great science. Oh, and plenty of scientists. Yes, yes without a doubt. Now, many of them have left. They had Katusha rockets. Yeah. They stole the hydrogen um, bomb from the, because the Rosenbergs. I mean, you know, they can do things. All right. So that said, that given that, well, all right, let's read what Putin had to say. As far as I know, a vaccine against a new coronavirus infection has been registered this morning for the first time in the world Although I know that it works quite effectively, it forms a stable immunity, and I repeat, has passed all the necessary checks. There's a man you want to listen to and believe. Right. Um, but the market seems to be believing it to a certain extent. Well, the market wants to believe. I mean, the market wants to believe that when airlines are showing a little bit better numbers, you should buy the airlines. Actually, you kind of agree with that. The market agrees that Royal Caribbean stays in business and is Full, really unbelievable bookings for next year. Well, you want to believe in the cruise lines. The market wants to believe that Jamie Dimon comes on the Today Show, and that means you should buy uh, the bank stocks, particularly with the tenure doing what it's done. The market wants to believe, David, and those who don't believe are in the NASDAQ, and they will get hurt. Right. Uh, and to your point, I mean, we are seeing gold coming off highs. We're seeing right. the 10-year yield above 0.6 again. I know it sounds funny to say, wow, I look know. at that well, move. Um, at the same time, corporate credit remains so cheap. I mean, I think there was a junk deal done yesterday, Jim, at 285, 10 year. Can you imagine? 285. Borrowing is a junk well, credit I, I under have, 3%. I have Federal Realty on tonight, which is the largest shopping center. They got a really good uh, rate, even mm-hmm. in the middle of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are people who believe. Now, remember, uh, Carnival got 11%, and last year they, they got 1%, so they're obviously not doing as well. But I, I, I have to tell you, David, that there is a belief that unemployment not only has it peaked, but it's down radically. And you, you, you can kind of see the numbers, and the numbers are, you know, they're down to, I mean, I know this sounds ridiculous, but there are 24 million in April. Now they're down to 16.4 million. Now that's still a huge number of people. Oh, my God, come on. We've got a lot of people in, in f- well, going to food kitchens. And, no, and, no, I just meant the, lining the, up. the trajectory. Yeah. Okay, let, let me back up. Okay. The stock market is not acknowledging the food kitchen. No. And sometimes I was going to ask Secretary Mnuchin yesterday, how do you feel about the disconnect between the soup kitchens and the stock market? But 
How often has the stock market never really represented America ever since? The- well, there was a sense that there a period of time that it did, and then it that it did have a. But that it related? was broadly reflective of prosperity or lack thereof. I, I just don't feel that that's true anymore. No, I don't. And we pointed out the reasons why. Even well, but, the S&P, we as we've said, is now well, so heavily weighted towards what is really just five companies. Right. But don't you also think that uh, when Jay Powell said, basically, we're not going to allow bankruptcies, yes. that, that was a very seminal moment. Mm-hmm. When Boeing, which we're going to talk about today, was able to raise the money, that was a though. seminal. That was. that was the bottom. Yes. And what you really had, we had some uh, hedge fund managers who now really hate it when you ever mention that they were negative. And they call you and they try to tell you, hey, listen, you know, I really didn't say that. But they did. Uh, there was a CNBC created its own bottom. A- yeah. And ever since then, it's been uh, nothing but net. It's been amazing as we see here, of course, these intraday l- l- levels uh, on February 9th and where we yeah. are now. It is stunning. And I'm sure, Jim, more than I do, and I get it a lot from people, which is, how can this be? Uh, Right. I don't understand. How is it that the stock market is at the levels it's at, given the suffering that's going on in this country? And to your point, thankfully, unemployment may be coming down, but it's still at levels we haven't seen in our lifetimes. Uh, And at the same time, there seems to be hope about further tax cuts, even though, again, back to our interview with Secretary Mnuchin yesterday, there doesn't appear to be a lot of progress made over the last 24 hours in terms of the talks between House Democrats and Senate Democrats and the White House and Republicans, um, except now the president seems to want to cut capital gains taxes. Right. Which- now, for about four years, I worked with uh, Larry Kudlow, chief economic advisor. Uh, he stood for several things. He always wanted to uh, cut that payroll tax, and he always felt the capital gains taxes were too high. Uh, so I don't think there's any mystery here about what's happening. I believe that uh, the president is listening closely to his, na- his economic advisor and putting that program through that Larry had when we were doing Cudlow and Kramer, of which I still have a T-shirt. And I do think that people should start recognizing that Larry's calling the tune. And why don't they do that? Why don't they why do they not respect Larry's view? Now, I think part of it is, is people know the capital gains tend to be the uh, the, the, I'd say the, the province of the wealthy. Yes. There are some people like defending it today. So are you kidding me? I mean, even when I work with Larry, the idea was that if the wealthy get lower capital gains, they'll do more with it and it won't trickle down. It will um, cascade down, David. Yeah. Didn't we already have a huge corporate tax cut that was supposed to do the same? And that may have had a listen, may have had an impact, also right. had an impact significantly on the budget deficit, at least to date. Right. Uh, Secretary Mnuchin has been saying all along it would pay for itself eventually. Um, I, I don't know, Jim. Payroll tax and, and capital gains taxes do not seem to be the area to be focused on when you've got over 10 percent. Well, you mean, yeah, why? Because the payroll tax affects the people who have a job, yeah. David, and because yeah. the capital gains are great for guys like me. Yeah, that's, well, that would be the reason. Are you, yes. are you just dissing a whole view of yes. the president? Uh, yes. But but yes. But rich people have feelings, too. Oh, I know. I know. We cry for them and we get out our tiny violins all the time. That's why I love Lenin. Remember what Lenin said? And, you know, he is, you know, we're related. It's a distance relation. But if the rich are unhappy, it's their own damn fault. (laughs) Uh, Well, Well, you're more of a Trotskyite. uh, Yeah, it's true. And in fact, workers have shown the means of production. I really like Mexico City. Uh, and uh, Frida Kahlo had a really nice place. Well, why don't I just and stick a nice pick in your ear and let's y- move on in the show? Yeah, we could move on in the show. Uh, <laughs> should we do that? Um, but meanwhile, I mean, back to the markets itself, Jim, and our, uh, you know, we are going to potentially hit new highs today. Right. If I had told you that, let's call it April 1st. 
Let's well, not say April Fool's Day. How about March 29th? Right. Would you have thought that was even anywhere near possible? No, absolutely not. Uh, particularly with the unemployment as it is and the fact that we still, uh, uh, the numbers for the airlines are terrible. The numbers for the transports are terrible. The numbers for the autos are terrible. Numbers for housing are very good. KB Homes, uh, very big push today. Uh, because housing does well when you don't have to pay a lot of interest to buy a house. Uh, the work from home created a gigantic expansion of tech. That might retreat a little bit, but the restaurant business is uh, more abundant. The, uh, the movie theater business is more abundant, but somehow people yeah. want to overlook that and buy, and we know that there's not a lot of alternatives, David. No. What else are you going to do with your money? Put it in a chimney? Uh, I know. There's nowhere to – right. What are you going to do? What even, are you going to do? Even Marcus, you know, Goldman's high-yield uh, saving. Uh, yeah, high I got yield, money yeah, in that yeah. thing. Have you gotten the emails every month? Every, yeah, we're I wish they'd stop. It. We're, lowering the, it. we're lowering it. We're lowering it. I get the Netflix. What are, what are you doing tonight, Jim? And I get the Marcus. How yeah. are you not making as much money, yeah. Jim? Now we're they down should to stop point, sending me I mean, emails. Point eight is still better than nothing, but I'll take point seven like if they stop sending me emails. Point four, I know. I know. I mean, um, but David, it really is. And I'm not being facetious. There is a belief. First of all, we had the NASDAQ. We had the big five. Now, that's going to go down because you can't have there's not enough money to take both up. OK. And now we have the industrials based on uh, absolutely nothing because they're not doing very well. We have energy north of 40, which does uh, mean that the, a lot of the companies, with the possible exception of Occidental, can can live to play again. So that is something that's substantive. But uh, for the most part, it was the fear trade and the work at home trade. And that's kind of going to go away now. And what well, it's going to be replaced with is Caterpillar and Chevron. Maybe, yeah. I mean, the For fact is so much behavior, everything's been accelerated. We hear that all the time. Right. But look at Microsoft. In terms of transitions. Even for gold. I mean, that was interesting. The gold mining company, Barrick, saying it's been accelerated. Was that the peak yesterday yeah. when we had maybe. Dr. Mark Bristow on? Maybe. Right? Isn't that how it works? Oh, CNBC put the peak. I called the peak. And Why don't we go to Meg Terrell, David? All right. We can do that. Yeah, we can, we can do that. Let's get to Meg for more on... Russia's claims about uh, having a COVID vaccine. Meg, fill us in. Hi, David. Well, we should make really clear that Russia has uh, said it's approved this vaccine, uh, not because it's brought it through uh, broad scale testing to ensure that it is actually protective against the coronavirus and that it's broadly safe, but because they've decided to approve it uh, after only initial small trials in a few dozen people uh, and after animal studies. Uh, to make the comparison, we are that far along with multiple vaccines here in the United States from companies like Moderna and Pfizer, uh, and of course from the UK with AstraZeneca and Oxford. Uh, so Russia does say that they plan to begin a phase three trial, uh, but we don't know yet the long-term effects of this vaccine or the potential safety of this vaccine. I've been talking with vaccine experts this morning who are concerned about this. Paul Offit at uh, Chop, uh, an expert there, saying, quote, there's no way they could have any evidence that the vaccine, quote unquote, works at this point. Um, so, guys, this is a technology that also has not been approved before in vaccines. It's two other viruses called adenoviruses that are used to ferry genetic material of the coronavirus. Uh, this is an approach that is being used by companies like Johnson & Johnson with one of these adenovirus vectors uh, and a Chinese company called CanSino with the other. No 
companies are combining them, so this is different in that way. Uh, Russia claims that they have developed this for other diseases, but guys, we haven't seen the data. And so there's just a lot of skepticism about this claim. Uh, Russia saying it has won the vaccine race is only based on the fact that they've decided uh, that the race is shorter uh, than other countries have accepted. We in the United States and other countries around the world are running massive phase three trials of tens of thousands of patients uh, to ensure that the vaccines protect against the coronavirus and are broadly safer. The concerns here is that, you know, even if you determine safety and the fact that these vaccines do generate antibodies, we don't know the level of antibodies and T-cell responses needed to be protective. And we also don't know in limited trials if there could be safety effects that just haven't been seen yet, guys. So, so many concerns about this and we have to put it into perspective. Russia is not farther along. They've just decided to go with less data. That's over to you. Great, uh, great reporting, Megan. Very helpful. I mean, it does appear if we had to equate it to where they are in terms of trials, it feels like they're actually at phase one, not even phase two. They're still trying to figure out safety, and yet they're, they've approved it. Yeah, I mean, with the, they haven't even published any of the data either. And so if this were happening in the United States with a, with a company, they would be getting so criticized for making claims that this vaccine works without showing the data, uh, ensuring that it does. You know, Putin was quoted this morning saying it's effective enough. Uh, and that it generates an immune response. But how is anyone to know that? And and so the fact that they are starting, they say to vaccinate teachers and healthcare workers and then broader uh, population vaccination this fall is very concerning to people. Well, Meg, I mean, this is not putting, putting a dog, you know, dog into space versus nothing for us. I, I, I'm confused. Have they told us anything about what's in it? Have they indicated that it's novel, that they've done some work and it's uh, using a particular strain of thought? Or, or is it really just like, hey, you know, Lysol? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I mean, is it... <laughs> Hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, David! That's what's in those stop bottles. It. I'm talking about science. I mean, have they revealed any science? From what I've been able to glean, you know, they do say that it is based on uh, a platform that is similar to what other uh, developers are working with. Uh, these two other uh, viruses called adenoviruses that are basically being used as vectors to ferry the genetic information from the coronavirus uh, to the body uh, and basically exposing that genetic information to get the body's immune system to generate antibodies and T cells. Is, is that the RNA? Response are they doing RNA? Is it a Moderna? No. Uh, no? No, 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 it's not. Is Putin um, selling into using... the news? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that was inappropriate. So the problem, Jim, is just that, you know, we don't have any data on how well this has worked so far. And it, it's not a platform that is unheard of, but uh, no other companies have presented data combining these two vectors. So we just don't know very much about it. Meg, thank you uh, for putting, uh, making it very clear. Really, really that, clear. Uh, that, yeah, there's not a lot behind this, uh, at least at this point. We can always hope. And certainly, Jim, to the point you've made and Meg's reporting, which has been so great throughout this, I mean, we are moving our companies and or other global pharmaceutical companies are moving quickly More in phase three in. with large trials, getting manufacturing ready. And by the way, back to my subject that I always talk about and the antivirals that right. are also being moved towards phase three. It's hard to get 30,000 people to get. Yeah. You know, and, and half of them get something that doesn't help. Yeah. And then they go to a Brooklyn rave. 
Really? We had a big Brooklyn rave. We had a big rave in Brooklyn. Yesterday. Well, you know what? Thankfully, in New York, the positivity rate remains well below one. In Arizona, By the way, I mean, Brooklyn hospitals, uh, Manhattan, I mean, things are very low here. Yeah. Perhaps low enough that, that there might be a chance that school can open with, with kids, actually, and teachers in the same classroom. Right. Uh, all right. When we come back, much more to get to this morning. We're going to have Apple's march towards, yep, $2 trillion. By the way, it makes Tim Cook a billionaire. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Stay with us. A new milestone for Apple CEO Tim Cook. His net worth has eclipsed $1 billion. That's at least according to the Bloomberg Billionaires Index. Of course, you can probably just take his stock and multiply it by the stock price. This year's rally in Apple shares has put the company within, of course, a uh, striking distance of $2 trillion. Who knows? Could hit it today. We, uh, what's the number? Uh, 467.77. That's the number. Remember, though, there is going to be a four-for-one split coming up. Uh, we'll see how things open 10 minutes from now, Jim, but it has been quite a move. And, you know, there's been a, a good amount of attention lately for Mr. Cook and his management of this company because now it is, it's a, been a long period of time. There were certainly plenty of doubters having taken over from the icon that he did, but he's become one of his own. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, the company is uh, the most loved company for customer service I've ever seen. Uh, when something comes out, it turns out that you need it. And you didn't know you needed it, whether it be uh, buds that you can press and suppress uh, noise when you're on a plane or whether it be uh, a series of apps that they've come up with that make it so you feel terrific or my phone where I can just press something and or talk to Siri right now and say, David, could you please shut up? Uh, but, but oh, geez, I'm sorry, David. Okay. It likes you. That's but okay. I, it's just an amazing company, and he no. deserves it. I mean, the, the guy just of the CEOs who have gotten it to where they are, I think he deserves it more than anyone. Maybe Microsoft could be up Jeff Bezos. There's certain people that really have done great things. Yeah, although I always do think it's interesting when an employee, because that is what he is, right. and not a founder, uh, becomes a billionaire. There have been... there have Very been, rare. Uh, it's still rare, but there have been a number of them. There have been a number of them I can think. I mean, Blackstone's got a couple of its own. True. Uh, and, you know, I can go through. I think Les Moonves was probably pretty close. I mean, you can, oh, geez, you know. you had to go there. I, yeah, I was just trying to think through my, in my own mind of, of those people who become almost, almost, or at least close, being employees, just getting right. paid uh, with restricted stock or with options and or with enormous uh, amounts um, of, uh, uh, of compensation. I've always felt if they created it for you, certainly they're certainly uh, deserving. It's the people who don't deserve it. Uh, but you know what, David? It, it's very interesting that uh, Sanford Bernstein's come up with a piece which says that if we keep uh, irritating China, 15% of their revenues could be in. Uh, this Tony Saganegi's obviously, uh, he thinks Apple's best times are, are behind, behind it. it. Yeah, and he's got another piece out. And we do bring up Apple all the time in the conversations about the tensions between China and the U.S. for valid reasons, I think. Yeah. And I'm and probably going to discuss it more. Uh, Apple Tesla could be collateral damage. And if there's money going to the industrials, David, it's going to go out of Apple. It was up unnaturally yesterday by a couple of brokers. Yep. All right, let's take another look at futures, of course, uh, as we get you ready for an opening bell. I think we're going to try and squeeze in a mad dash. We're back right after this. The S&P 500 enters today's trade up 4% for the year. It is now within striking distance of a record. And there are, there are some of the larger gainers that we're looking at for this morning. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll get Jim's mad dash on the other side. 
All right, let's get to a mad dash. Simon Property reporting earnings. Jim, it's on your radar this morning. Yeah, look, I think the numbers were okay. I mean, considering the fact that 30 million people are not paying the rent in this country, uh, you have to take a, take a hard look at what these guys are doing. They got 73% of their tenants are paying, which is up from... 69% in June and uh, 51% in April. Yep. That's a very healthy sign. And this is a stock that obviously has been uh, in play because of the possibility that Amazon may take the place of some of their uh, big defaulted uh, giant uh, department stores. Look, I think that David Simon is doing a lot of things right. In the end, it's a mall, and that's going to be challenged. But he's a great executive. And David, I don't know what. He was going to be uh, a bigger executive, bigger mall collector, and that deal fell by the wayside. Well, it didn't fall by the wayside until the court decides it has. Of course, they are trying to get out of what you reference as the Taubman deal. Um, and don't forget they were their be partners because the Taubmans were rolling in too. But right. Jim, it's going to be mid-November. Let's call it when uh, when we start when we get to court on that. Uh, and there are plenty of people who don't believe that Simon has much of a leg to stand on. But one never knows when you get to litigation. How do you, you own the stock? What, how do you just own it if that's going to happen? I guess you feel like you well, can day trade it. Yeah, and I mean it's not that huge a ticket for them. They can they can do it. Right. It just increases their portfolio and their exposure. I mean, you know, here's Simon on rent worries, right? He said he was feeling pretty good in June about finally getting back to work. And he said, I feel less good in July, and now I'm totally confused. Right. But I'm sure we're still going to deal with issues. And that's why we need David on the show. I think he's Does he ever a, come on? I've never. I don't, no, you know. I've, and I, I, I can only do so much uh, mendicant. I, 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 I'm a yeah. supplicant. I've, I've tried so hard because he's such a great spokesperson. But you know what? I, I got someone better, David. I have Don Wood on tonight from Federal Realty, which is the largest shopping center CEO. He's articulate, and he'll come on. And even though you've paid $33 billion in uh, distributions now more, Don will do the speaking, not you, David. Yeah, uh, David, as in David Simon. I would right. like to hear from him as well, oh of course. God, and we yes. will be co- paying close attention a few months from now when that trial begins. Again, there are many who believe if that contract is, is disallowed, then the contracts mean nothing. Um, but, Jim, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we're going to get started with an opening bell here. What's the key to this market today? I think the key to this market is uh, Home Depot, because okay. several analysts have said that the numbers are too low. Home Depot, Dow stock, Home Depot, a place where if you bought a new house or refinance, you've got the money to do something. And I think it's a spectacular company and it goes higher. Wow, that's a $300 billion market cap at this yeah. point, HD. Uh, stock up 30% so far this year and does appear, appear poised to be a bit higher as you hear the opening bell. You take a look here at the Real-time exchange. Back, I used to say back at headquarters, but we're at headquarters. We are at headquarters. Remember, there isn't enough money, David, for both tech and uh, industrials to go up. There's not. It's just hedge funds that have to reposition. It's not like the old days, David. And See a, lot about green? Algor- a lot of algorithmic green. trading. It's the, faux green. Yeah. There's a lot of faux green involving the uh, tech, the tech stocks. Uh, Apple is down, by the way, to our earlier uh, conversation. Um, so at least at this point, not yet. Uh, I mean, close to t- two trillion, but not uh, not approaching it. How about the vaccine stocks, David, given the fact that the Russians have their Sputnik vaccine? I mean, if you listen to Meg's reporting, which I think we should all take to heart, they don't have any. No, no. I'd rather buy. In, I'd rather be in Union Pacific or PPG. You would. 
Oh, geez, David, this rotation's got some gain, but PPG just raised its guidance. I think that the rails are going to raise guidance. I think that uh, the heyday of the stay-at-home, work-at-home trade is, it has peaked. It's peaked. Uh, why do you think that? Well, I think that because the numbers that we're getting are slightly better, and I think that there's a, a sense that even though people can be able to choose that whether they want to work at home or not, it, it's kind of played out. And the stocks, meantime, are selling between 10 and 30 times sales and, and that versus very low multiples of, of, of uh, the industrials and the oils. Even though the industrials and oils don't have a lot of momentum, I think people are starting to say, well, it's August. How's 2021 going to be? Right. And 2021 right. is going to be better than 2020. Yeah. Uh, you have been working from the office throughout the pandemic yes. every single day. I, of course, have been uh, out much more than been in, but it is nice to be in the office. I'm Isn't sure it? a number of people feel that. I'm, by the way, still going to be out plenty from Why? here on back and forth. Well, in part, it's dictated by the schedule that your children have uh, and, and any number of things. And we'll see what happens when schools open, Jim. I mean, that's such an important component overall of our economy at this point. And I'm not just talking colleges and universities and how important they are for certain towns where they're based, but obviously the schools around the country, the grade schools. What are we going to see? I mean, I mentioned earlier New York has a positivity rate that's extremely low. And at the same time, though, there are going to be plenty of teachers who simply don't want to show. And certainly in areas where the virus is still very, very um, dangerous, that would seem to be the case. Uh, I don't know. How do we get our economy I mean, open if we can't get the schools fully open? The Arizona State president basically just says, hey, listen, it won't be business as usual. We're going to have mass social distancing, but it's time for everybody to come back uh, because the rate of uh, the R not, as he said, is has dropped dramatically. You know, David, that there are yep. two camps. There's the camp which says that the case numbers keep going up, although they're actually starting to level off. And then there's the camp that says the deaths have dropped dramatically. I want to know the camp of people, uh, which is the camp of people who got it and whose lives have changed dramatically for a negative way. And we don't talk about that enough. No. And we are, again, what, 22 plus percent of the world's cases. Right. We're certainly not that as a percent of the world's but, population. You know, Jamie Dimon was on the Today Show, Jim. I want you to take a listen because he was talking about these very subjects, opening up the schools, uh, back to work and working from home. Take a listen. The government has got to do a little bit more, particularly for small business, unemployment insurance, et cetera, to get us through the next three to six months as we open up. We're going to have to open up. It could be done safely and soundly. There's still 150,000 people working from home. And I think while there may be some permanency to some of that, there's a huge value to working together in terms of collaboration and creativity and training the younger people. Hopefully there'll be a vaccine and hopefully, you know, people do it really safely. I mean, we're not going to do anything to jeopardize our people. He's talking about, of course, his workforce, 150,000 still working from home, Jim. But he, he brings up a good point and one that we didn't hear as often earlier in the pandemic when everybody was talking about a seminal change in the way we work, which, by the way, is still certainly going to be the case, it would seem. But when you're younger, you want to be around other people. Yes. You want to pick up the culture. You want to get ahead. It's hard to do that from a remote setting. No, Richard Fain yesterday was so great on the Royal Caribbean call. He just said, humans are social and they need each other. And I also believe as someone who taught classes at Goldman Sachs, you can't teach Zoom, Zoom teach people uh, how to trade and, and how to help clients. And 
so yeah, I think it's going to be rotational back. I just I think that this when you look at the Nasdaq, the Nasdaq's telling the truth right now. Those stocks got too high, and the industrials uh, have to catch up. But we don't have the earnings to back up the industrials, and right. we don't have the price to earnings multiple that's reasonable in, in the Nasdaq. So it's kind of that's why the confusion exists. Um, Jim, uh, by the way, Jamie is one of that small group of people who is a billionaire who was not the founder right. of this company. Obviously, we know right. we know what's in the name still. It's an amalgamation of so many banks, but uh, J.P. Morgan was one of the founders of them. But Jamie Dimon, not a billionaire. Um, I Look wanted to move Nasdaq. on. Can I move I mean, on? This Nasdaq is just falling apart. The Nasdaq's falling apart. Yeah. yeah. Well, given the broader market, yeah. But it doesn't seem to last long, Jim. No, it doesn't. And Everybody seems to come back to growth eventually, as in do. like a few days. They do. It usually takes three days. What are we, in day three? <laughs> we may be in day three. So tomorrow yeah. it's a buy? Well, I just think you have to watch the, um, the Sorrentos and the uh, Novavaxes of the world. Uh, those are taking all the money away from the biotechs, which go down every day. Yep. Uh, you have to watch Disney, which I think is a hybrid. But if that starts going down, then I think you're going to start seeing money going back into tech. We really need but, to see. Um, I, I, I don't think it's sustainable. But it is uh, an ugly rotation right now. It's a hideous rotation. Yeah. And I think people at home have to recognize it's not like you own companies that are bad. You own companies whose stocks got up very high. And now people believe that next year is going to be better than this year, whether they're looking at the dailies from the airlines or whether they're looking at the uh, cruise. I thought it was amazing, Royal Caribbean, that the cruise reservations are as the same as they were typically. Right. So it's but at the same time, look, growth, David's right. They always do come back to service now and they always do come back to Adobe. And they always do come back to PayPal. Yes, they do. Right I have now. PayPal on later this week. They come by. I have Salesforce on tonight. Their charity arm. People always come back to that. So right. don't give up, but but don't get too um, confident because you're going to have to recognize that this is a Caterpillar market, even though Caterpillar had terrible earnings. And it's not a uh, Adobe market, even though Adobe had great earnings. Right. Uh, which is not the market we've become so accustomed to. But again, to your point and to the one I was making, it does seem to change quickly. But right now, there is a rotation of significance going on that is uh, that we're seeing. Jim, um, you know, uh, talk about lost sort of a market cap anyway. Have you seen the Teladoc stock since they announced that deal? What was it, a week ago I so? liked the deal, and Teladoc obviously and I've been revealed as a mount bank. Yeah, we had them on. I mean, they've lost about $10 billion in market cap off that thing. Well, that was the peak, David. That was the peak. That was the day when the rotation started. And so when Livongo merges with Teladoc at a time of the peak, it, it, they become they both become hated. It's not like suddenly you're going to want to go, go to a doctor's office, and it's not like suddenly you don't need uh, uh, direction for the management of diabetes, which is Livongo, also hypertension. But they were the uh, peak of this rotation, and there's nothing wrong yeah. except for the fact that, that timing is everything. Timing is everything. Uh, Jim, back to uh, a founder who is a multi-billionaire who's doing a lot better, and I follow closely, Masa. Oh, yeah, SoftBank had some earnings there. SoftBank had earnings. You know, also, uh, again, I did mention this, I think, last week or perhaps the week prior, uh, that the stock has done extraordinarily well. They've been selling assets, buying back an enormous amount of stock. A real win for Elliott, by the way, which often gets involved in things and sometimes. But this one has been very, very strong. Take a look at SoftBank shares. You can see that there. They had their call. By the way, he said asset sales about 95% complete. Remember, we're talking about, well, just a lot of different monetizations. Obviously, T-Mobile. They also did sell some prepaid forward contracts in Alibaba. Um, and they repurchased over a trillion yen. Uh, they've got more to go. 
Um, you know, we focus so much on the Vision Fund, which still will be struggling to some extent, but did have some positive uh, some gains as well. You see that right there in terms of net gains. Uh, and then there's also Arm Holdings, which may be one last asset they're going to potentially monetize. Will it be sold? Is there really a buyer that will hit the price that they may have in mind? That's unclear. What Masa did say is it was originally a listed company. Of course, Arm was when they bought it. Uh, and a relisting is not that difficult, actually. However, of course, you need to make good performance. We'd like to closely study the best option, meaning whether or not they will take it back to the public markets, monetize some part, monetize it and sell a, a portion of it uh, by giving it, therefore, an overall value. But it is worth noting how strong SoftBank has been. Uh, that was a quick comeback in some ways uh, that has not been, Jim, no. certainly not as big a focus as the decline in the vision fund saying, all going, the trouble that that well, that fund had when it was going down there were predictions there were obituaries written i would uh say that that was one of the more uh, uh when you look at the when it bottomed uh, it was one of the most important stocks to bottom because people felt that it could take down a lot of the of the economy even well that was false yeah, remember we used to talk about remember the days when we work was a lead story like, yeah ah, we work yeah God, I miss those Newman. Newman. Uh, Newman. Newman. Yeah. yeah. When He's we just had simple stories nothing. like that about companies whose valuation was air. But. All right. Let's not reminisce too much. Let's get to Bob Pisani, uh, who joins us now and can tell us more about what is this significant rotation going on, at least today, Bob. Yeah, three days, actually. Uh, now, this would be the third day. We got that value rotation. Of course, what's value? Value is essentially cyclical names. They're bank stocks, uh, they're energy stocks, they're industrial stocks. Uh, to a certain extent, they're material names. And that's exactly uh, what's happening again today. If you take a look at the sectors, banks, energy, industrials leading. Techs are lagging. Uh, interestingly, Jim mentioned uh, biotech's been weak now for a couple weeks, essentially. Uh, not doing much on top of that. Uh, mega cap tech, um, yeah, another day of weakness here. Some of them are starting to show a little technical weakness. Uh, Microsoft, for example, uh, Facebook, so 6 7% below their recent highs. So that's starting to get a little bit uh, of attention here. As for where we are, we're knocking on the door of new highs here. We sent, mentioned that before. Seven days in a row, S&P is up. We'll see if we can make it eight. But uh, the February 19th closing high, 33.86. See if we can push through that. But again, we've got this little value rotation. Don't kid yourself, though, in terms of what's really mattering. Since that February 19th high, it's technology, folks, and it's clearly technology. Now, consumer discretionary is up a little bit only because Amazon has been huge. But X Amazon out, everything else is pretty flat. Communication services up a little bit. Google's kind of flattish. Healthcare, a small contribution. But all those things we get excited uh, about, uh, mega cap tech, is really the stuff that's mattered here. I know the last few days they've been down, but your Amazons, your Apples, your Facebooks, your Netflix, your Microsoft. Look at this. Since the February 19th high, this is what has pushed us to new highs. Uh, and I know we're all excited about the value rotation three days in a row. But when you actually look at the value stocks since the old high, the old February 19th high, you take a look at industrials and banks in particular uh, and energy stocks. You can put those up. Well, folks, they're lagging. I know they're rallying the last few days, but let's keep it in perspective. What's really moving things is clearly tech, clearly semiconductors, clearly software overall. We'll see if this little mini uh, rally that we've had in value stocks is going to continue. Meantime, uh, another rally still, not just in stocks, we're getting rallies in junk bonds. Uh, HYG is the largest junk bond ETF. That's been up. And uh, David mentioned this, this earlier about the junk bond rally. Ball Corp is an aluminum can maker. Now, they had 
uh, an offering, which is nothing unusual. They raised $1.3 billion in a 10-year bond. Again, nothing unusual there. Here's what's got everybody's eyebrows raised. 2.875. This is a junk bond offering. This is double B plus, just below investment grade. There are reports this is the lowest borrowing cost ever for a 10-year junk bond. I haven't confirmed that, but that makes a lot of sense to me. I think what's going on here, David, is, is there's essentially no high yield in high yield. Uh, anymore. And a lot of people explain this very simply. They say that the Federal Reserve, this is one of the downsides of the stimulus, has essentially ring fenced a lot of high yield companies that may have had default problems in a normal environment in this kind of situation, this kind of recession. And the Fed stimulus and other kinds of stimulus are essentially ring fencing a lot of these weaker companies, leading to very confident pricing in some of these high yield bonds. David, back to you. I'm, no, I'm glad you mentioned it, Bob. We had hit that. We mentioned it briefly at the top of the broadcast because it is stunning to see a sub 3% tenure for a junk credit. Incredible. Really stunning. And yet spreads are, are not at their narrowest either between junk and uh, treasuries. But uh, uh, great point. Uh, thank you, Bob. All right, let's, uh, speaking of fixed income, let's get to uh, Rick Santelli as well for more on those broader markets. Rick. David, it's just so interesting to have this discussion on a day where we saw a definitely hotter than expected producer price index as it was up six tenths. As a matter of fact, tomorrow with CPI, maybe the big story is if you see those junk bond deals, Maybe they're giving you a glimpse of the last of the great deals. Listen, whether Russia's vaccine works or not, we can see how markets are going to react when a vaccine comes out that has more history, more testing. But boy, the markets are excited. And many have pointed out to me that these stories about some of these vaccines, especially the Russians, been in the Financial Times for quite a while. It's not like this is a surprise to the market. Why do I bring it up? Because, listen, with all the QE that's being done and has been done to keep rates down, if we really had a vaccine, rates really could go up. What would that do to high yield spreads at these levels? Look at an intraday of 10s. Here we are over 63 basis points, which obviously isn't a lot compared to where we were in February. You could add 100 basis points on. But the point is that we haven't closed above 63 basis points next chart since Mid-July on that July 1st chart, you could clearly see. And it isn't only us. European sovereign rates are moving up. Look at boon yields. They look to be closing at two-and-a-half-week highs today. And finally, you know, we all know that gold, silver, Bitcoin have had this big move of late, but not the last couple of sessions. Look at a July 1st chart of gold. There are corrections going on. You know, there's a lot of talk about the Fed and inflation and the fact we may never see it again. If there is a vaccine that works in a timely fashion with all this liquidity in the system, I don't think it's going to take a lot of matches to make the tinderbox of fixed income be the seller's market of all time pushing rates up. Jim, David, back to you. All right, Jim. Uh, sorry. All right, Rick. Thank you. I was looking at you, Jim, thinking uh, about inflation because I'm looking at you. I like it because Rick just mentioned that possibility. I miss. I was saying this morning how much I miss just Standing up next to the telestrator with you. I know. These are things I like to do. In I know. Um, all right, David Costin, he's a buddy of yours, too. Oh, man, he's great. Yeah, uh, Goldman Sachs chief U.S. equity strategist. He'll be coming up at the top of the hour. We're uh, standing by for uh, new record highs in the S&P. Stay with us. Jim, shares of Uber are uh, down a little less than 3% right now. Uh, a judge saying, hey, your drivers are employees, not contractors. Yeah, I felt that the stock would be down more. I know that there would be appeals. I know that you could cordon off California. But the real edge had been the fact that they're contractors. Uh, and 
if you had to actually offer benefits, it would just be such a drag as it is. Uh, the real moneymaker now is Uber Eats, and uh, Lyft doesn't have that. But I don't know, David. Didn't you think the stock would be down much more? It's a. It's still a very. I mean, it is still the most important component overall of their business. Although, to your point, Eats is quickly rising. Um, yeah, I guess you would think that in some way because it is such an important part of why they might be able to get to profitability and whether they can or not. Right. And this stock would be in this rotation, a FedEx rotation, a rota- United Parcel rotation. You might have had something going here, but it, it stalled by this. By the way, I, it, just to go back on, on, on cars in general, PPG yeah. is saying that the auto build uh, is coming back. And that's another one of the things that's making so the market is, should make some sense. Uh, I don't know, David. There's... There are things that are, there are uh, to use uh, what Larry Kudlow would say, there are green shoots of which Uber's not participating in. No, but to your point, PPG is. That stock is up over 6%. Well, when you have auto back, I mean, PPG makes for all the high-end autos. They are, the, they are the, wow, look at that thing. They're the paint company, and I do think that this is for real. Look at that chart. I mean, these things are back. I know people don't want to do it when there's 30 million people. I don't know how many people right now are being evicted or would, are being stayed from eviction or how many businesses are failing. But you know what, David? We're not trading hair salons and gyms. We're trading cars and the companies that make things in cars. And I think the PPG is a, a shorted stock or a stock that nobody has. And it goes up if autos are being built again. We are in some weird moment, David, where if you get any good news, Everyone just leaps on it. And that's what's going on with PPG. Very but good we also goal. seem to be in an era where when there's bad news, which there unfortunately is plenty of as well, stocks don't really react negatively. No, no, we don't really care about that. I mean, watch the vaccine the, stocks. There's right. bad news on those, right? Well, what's the bad news? That the Russians David have, Sputnik. What? Yeah, Sputnik. Chernobyl meets Sputnik. Do you want, why don't you take some of that Chernobyl rooftop dirt and you know, put it in your body and see if you don't go radiated? Great series, by the way, on HBO. Oh, yeah. Worth a mention. Yeah. Absolutely. But things have really changed there. Where? Much better. At Chernobyl or at, at Warner? I mean, there's been a big shakeup <laughs> at Warner. Has there? Yeah. Jason Keillor, the new guy who came in to run it, got rid of, right? He got rid of Greenblatt and Riley. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But Greenblatt's got nine lives. He'll be somewhere again. Oh, without a doubt. around. Without a doubt. I mean, you'll In a good way. This. Only in a good way. All right, coming up tomorrow, Jim, you're going to want to listen to this because you're a small business owner as well. The CNBC Small Business Playbook Virtual Summit will gather many of the top voices in the business, including Facebook COO Sheryl Sandberg. They're going to provide small business owners the resources to survive in today's crisis and provide a path forward to thrive. Visit CNBCEvents.com slash Small Business Playbook and register, please. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Back after this. There it is, the leader. Of all the year-to-date S&P gainers, NVIDIA, certainly a favorite of Jim's. Jensen Wong, who he also calls Da Vinci, I think is what you've used. Yeah, Da Vinci. Uh, And there's PayPal, too. Uh, What a split that was a number of years back from uh, eBay. Well over $220 billion market value now. We got a lot more, and we got Stop Trading with Jim coming up. It's time for Stop Trading. Uh, We talked McDonald's yesterday. You want to come back to it? Yeah, David, what's incredible is you can literally uh, have a CEO commit fraud, uh, lie, deceive, uh, don't check the emails. He gets away away until now. And it means nothing to this market because there's a rotation that says buy McDonald's. Uh, But I urge people to read the pleadings because you will really conclude 
that Easterbrook was one bad guy. And I feel badly about that because I, I like them. No, I but know you, you know did. what? There's no you, look. You can't. There's no accounting for some behavior. Well, you but, base your uh, oftentimes you base your judgments off of the uh, performance of the company. Well, the, the big man and, when he op- did all, all day breakfast, that was brilliant. Mm-hmm. But when he had many pictures of women that he was, um, you know, uh, uh, not brilliant, and especially because they were on the company servers. So, I mean, as much as I thought he was brilliant. He, I may have to lump him in with Navin Johnson. I think he may have gone to Navin Johnson Business School, as a matter of fact. You know Navin? Yeah, I think I do. That's from the jerk, right? Right. Yeah. He went, he, I, he, I think he had continuing <laughs> education from the Navin Johnson Business School. Rather incredible. I don't think he knew Shinola versus what he did. Uh, it's, it's quite a story. Uh, yeah, people so should read it. It's incredible. And it's, the due diligence that McDonald's did, no, none. They no. didn't check the emails. Yeah. I mean, you know, how could they not check the emails? They just looked at his personal know. phone. Now's when we say the word prurient. Yeah. Yeah. I know pornography when I see it. Yes, you do. Justice. Isn't it amazing that Easterbrook still managed to put up good numbers when he was spending such a huge amount of time photographing himself having sex with women? Uh, never mind. Yeah, I was out of line with that. That's all right. Now I have to say we're PG. We're cable. We're cable. All right. Uh, speaking of, uh, I don't even know what uh, Mad Money, which is coming up tonight. Holy cow! What do you uh, got? Okay, I have philanthropy. I've got uh, Ebony. She's going to talk. Ebony Beckwith. She's going to talk about what Salesforce is doing to help schools open. David, I know you think that's very important. Episica, Ed, you look Owens and Miner. They turned out to make PPE. Well, what business is that? Don Wood is going to defend the shopping center and says it's alive and well, except for the uh, gymnasiums and some of the restaurants. David, I would love to stay for the next hour, but there's some sort of social distance thing Mm. that makes me have to say, I'll see you later. Okay. Hasta la vista, baby. I'll be back. Yes, you will. You always are, thankfully. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. 